Welcome back guys to part three of the anxiety and depression series this week. And so let's, um, now that I told you my story of basically what happened, um, up until that point where I kind of snapped out of it, I got rid of the right, you know, uh, I got rid of the wrong, uh, people in my life. I got the right people in my life. Uh, now listen, this part of my life, this transition of removing the people that you know, I considered really good friends and in my eyes, it's not that they were toxic people, it's just that they weren't benefiting me. They weren't helping me to get to the next level in life. They weren't, uh, you know, I wasn't flourishing with them in my life. I wasn't going anywhere. I was still, when I looked back at my life at this point, this is 2017, I'm like, where the fuck did my last 10 years of my life go? Yes, I accomplished stuff, bodybuilding, but that stuff does not really like, it, it doesn't doesn't amount to much, right? You know, like in, in reality, like, yes, obviously my personal goals were hit. Yes, obviously I accomplished my biggest goal ever and that was the term pro and win Mr. USA. 100% I accomplished those goals regardless of what trash I had in my life. But let's talk about where I'm at mentally and let's talk about where I'm at in reality as far as the money goes, investments go, a job, a career, anything relationship luckily my girlfriend just started you know we we kicked off on the right note at the right time but obviously the depression was still went through most of our relationship until present day until last year so we met at a really good time but obviously it went downhill from there but that's a whole other story but the thing i want to stress is that my life really took off when I started getting the right people around me, I started getting people that were actually pro Nick, not let me, what can I get from Nick? You know, what can I benefit from him? What, what is the, you know, they were taking and taking, taking, and they weren't giving anything. Even though that was very hard for me to do, I had to cut a lot of ties with people. It still hurts me to this day that I'm not friends with a lot of these people because I do have a great relationship with them. We had a lot of fun together. We enjoyed each other's company. Um, but the problem is that my life just wasn't going anywhere because of them and I'm not blaming them, but at the same time, I have the choice of who I want in my life and I don't want in my life and people that are not going to help me go up. Once you get to a certain age and once you get to a certain point mentally, you just don't need that in your life. I mean, when you get older, you realize that friendships are more than just having laughs and a good time with people. They've got to bring some type of value to the table and be able to help you become a better you, just like you help them become a better them. And if it's not a two-way street, there really is no time for them. And unfortunately, that's the way it is when you get older. And um, friendships are just, you know, they're far and few between. So my girlfriend and I are, are best friends we are, you know, we tell each other everything. We're extremely comfortable with each other. And that's what I really wanted in my relationship. I didn't want just some girl that just, I didn't want a girly girl. I didn't want a girl that was just like, I had to look at him as a girl. I couldn't, I had to filter what I had to tell them. My girlfriend has been my friend my entire life, pretty much 10 years. We've been dating for almost four now. Um, it's just so different than, than, from what I mean, not that I'm judging my other friends' relationships, but it's much different and it's way, way more fun than what I see is going on in my other people's, in other people's relationships that I know. 
And um, I'm very, very lucky to have someone like that in my life. And relationships can really change people for the better or for the worst. Um, in my scenario, obviously, it's bettered my life. It's made me a much better person. It's brought me uh, a lot of um, humbling experiences. It's, it's taught me a lot. Uh, it showed me who I really was uh, in a good way. Um, and, I, you know, there's a lot of things that I got manipulated by, too, along the way that weren't really me that was coming out. And those things were fixed as well. I addressed them as well. So once I was able to now the first step to me healing during this depression, guys, now let's let's kind of like retract a little bit and talk about what was I what was I doing to kind of fix these problems. So at first I didn't go see a specialist. That was the biggest mistake I ever made. I went to a general practitioner, you know, regular regular doctor, um, put me on all these meds, which I didn't need. Uh, I didn't see a therapist yet. I just rushed and tried to just get something to put a Band-Aid on the problem. So they put me on Lexapro. They put me on Wellbutrin. They put me on Xanax. They put me on, uh, what was the other one? There was three of them. And now, mind you, I'm a sedated elephant. Yeah, because I'm a 300-pound gorilla on all these meds. Um, they don't work right away either, so you feel really weird the first month. Um, the anxiety almost gets worse before it gets better. And your, your thoughts are just not firing like they used to your, your feelings aren't there like they used to, you're kind of numb to everything. And that's what Lexapro does. Lexapro is very, very strong. Uh, and it will really make you numb to situations and to things that maybe you used to have feelings for. And now you don't, um, it's a very weird thing to get adjusted to. And then. Well, Butrin just gave me more anxiety. It's supposed to offset the side effects of, of Lexapro because it does destroy your libido. It does ruin your sex drive. It does make you very tired and, and, and sluggish. So Well, Butrin is supposed to help counter those side effects of the Lexapro. But, you know, the, from the dosage I was on, my side effects were even more severe on those. Uh, the Well, Butrin was giving me really bad anxiety. And this is over a long period of time now. I'm talking, I'm just talking overall now what these meds did for me. Um, the dose that they had me on originally for Lexapro was way too much. So I lowered it over time and realized I found the happy dose that was good for me. Um, now I'm on only 10 milligrams when I started out 40, which is a, a shit ton. I was on 300 milligrams of uh, Wellbutrin, which is a shit ton. Um, Xanax, I was chewing like they were Tic Tacs all day. So you really have to find your your cocktail. But the thing is that the answer to the cocktail was the therapist. The therapist is what allowed me to talk about things freely without a, without a, with an unbiased point of view, without being feeling I'm being judged or without feeling insecure, without feeling anyone's even going to know my personal life, things I had to get off my chest, which there was a lot of things that I didn't know were eating me up inside that were causing a lot of this uh, anxiety and stress and depression. The depression, I wasn't a depressed person, so let me get that straight right away. I was depressed because of how I felt. So I got depressed because of all the anxiety and all these issues I was having. So it wasn't like I was depressed. It was like I was getting depressed because of all this shit happening in my life that before I was perfectly fine. And the way my bodybuilding career ended, you know, all these things amounted 
um, up on top of my shoulders and made me even more uh, sad and upset. So that's what caused me to go into this depression, um, which some of you already have depression and then you have anxiety or vice versa. So there's all different ways. It really doesn't matter how you get there. It's just the fact that you got there. The therapist is what one of the major key things that get me out of my slump because I like to talk and you have to kind of assess how type, what type of person you are. Are you comfortable talking to people? Do you like to talk? Is that something you're not comfortable with? Because sometimes the therapist could be could backfire on you if you're not comfortable with talking about things. And now you're kind of like you're, you're playing mind tricks on yourself because now you think like, oh, my God, I'm telling someone all my secrets and da, da, da. And I've seen it backfire on people really bad. So you have to know if that's the right choice for you. But for me, talking out my problems and getting things off my chest and just being able to share these dark feelings and thoughts and whatever you want to call them to someone, just just literally the elephant was off my chest afterwards. And as I went to her more often, we adjusted the medication gradually we found the things that worked properly. Um, we got me off the Wellbutrin eventually. Uh, we got us off, got me off Xanax eventually because I was chewing them like they were going out of style. Um, it's just you have to find the balance. And the one thing with meds I want to stress is everyone gets so worried like, Nick, I have anxiety, but I don't want to take any meds. I don't want to be dependent. These things are not drugs where you get dependent on. These things are for band-aids and for helping you heal. Because sometimes, and most of the time, there is some wires disconnected upstairs in simple terms. Let's just call, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain this very dumb and easy for you. Sometimes these little, ner- these little neurons and neurological wires get fucked up in your head. They get sometimes bent, crooked, cut off. Uh, whatever you want to call it, right? And they're not connected well. And they're not seeing eye to eye. So to be able to turn those things on so your brain works properly, sometimes you need some meds to fix them. It may take three months. It may take six months. It may take a year or two. There's really no timeline to say how long it's going to take. But let me tell you something. Unless you want to suffer and suffer and suffer and suffer, Just take the meds and fix your problem and move on with your life. You can't put your life on hold because there's something malfunctioning in your brain. Just like a car malfunctions and needs to be repaired, your brain does the same way. It works the same way. Sometimes it gets a little haywire and needs to go back and be rewired. Sometimes it means something needs to be serviced, you service it. The medication, the therapist, this is all service for your brain. You sometimes need it. I'm not saying you're going to stay on it forever. And if you do have to stay on it for a while, who cares? As long as you're able to live your life. what You have to ask yourself, how much is your life worth it to you? Would you rather live in pain and suffering and be in your room or locked up somewhere because you're losing your mind because you won't take a medication to help you? But then these people, the people that I know that are suffering from this, will take steroids and SARMs and everything else, but they won't take a fucking medication to help heal their brains, their neurological pathways, which doesn't make sense to me. There's no, there's no side effects to these things that are going to be detrimental to your health. Nothing bad's going to happen. You're not going to lose your mind. If anything, you're going to lose your mind by not helping yourself. So guys, it's not that I'm pushing medicine down you, but if you do need it and you have tried and exhausted every other avenue, there's nothing 
there, there's, it's not going to hurt you to try these meds. And I'm not saying the ones I use are going to work for you either. But you have to be able to willing to try to fix it. If not, no one's going to want to be around you. Your girlfriend, boyfriend's going to be pushed away. Your friends and family will be pushed away. And eventually you become a shell of yourself. Is that what you really want? Like seek help. You guys out there that are trying to be tough guys to fight it every day and but be willing to complain about it all day but not willing to fix anything, you're an asshole. You're just dragging your significant other through mud. You're dragging your friends through mud because you're not willing to get help. Some guys I know aren't willing to even go to a therapist. They're like, oh, that's gay. That's the term they use. We're not derog- being derogatory toward gay people, but they call it gay or that's, oh, that's not for real men. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Therapists are are some of the, God, they're some of the most amazing people you could possibly meet to help your life. They will help you if you find the right one. And that's another thing too. Just because you go to one therapist and you had a bad experience with them does not make all therapists bad. I've had to go through a couple therapists to find the right one that I felt comfortable with. That I felt like that actually cared and I felt like that was actually listening to me. You're not going to just hit it off the bat with the first one most of the time. Sometimes you have to seek through a couple. And that's fine. But, guys, you have to be willing to help yourself. If you're not willing to help yourself, then there's nothing anyone can do for you. The the cure is not going to fall out of the sky. And this this was my biggest issue going through this whole thing. I thought, generally, it was going to fix itself. I thought I was going to wake up one day and I was just going to snap out of it. And that was the furthest thing from the truth because I never snapped out of it. It just kept getting worse, progressively worse. So until I took the initiative and tried to go fix things and take chances and try things and and I've tried everything, guys. I tried going to yoga classes. I tried going to, I don't don't remember half the stuff I used to do, but I tried everything to get fixed. And I found at the end of the day, I had to have my one my one thing a day to release some stress, whether that's working out, go for a walk, going to an activity, whether my girlfriend or by myself, go to a store, just get out and about and break the monotonous of work every day. Because when I was working home, when I'm working home every day and before when I was working, you know, a full-time job at the car lot, selling cars, I never had any freedom. It was all just work and going to sleep. There was no breaks. There was no fun. And I have to have that break. For me, I have to have that break. Not every day, but I have to have it every week. I need a little bit of like nick time to go do stuff. Whether it's the gym, like I said, whether it's a combination of things, you have to figure out what those are. Maybe playing video games, maybe, I don't know, whatever it is. But it has to be something positive. I'm not saying go drink and then kind of, uh, you know, uh, water down your problems, you know, filter them because now you're just... Uh, you know, uh, you're just adding a band-aid to them. Um, find something healthy that's going to benefit you. Maybe it's go, maybe you have a hobby. Maybe you go shoot guns. Maybe you go, uh, I don't know, rock climbing. I have no idea, but you have to find something that you're able to get a release from where you actually feel that release. I don't mean just something that sounds good or sounds cool. You actually get something from it. You actually feel something from whatever that activity is, okay? And my activities were, you know, 
going shopping with my girlfriend, having a day out with her, going to get lunch, you know, having a good day, going to the gym was fun for me, um, going for a walk with my dogs, going to the park with them, you know, us going to New York City for the day, like just whatever it was to break up the monotony of just going to work and going to sleep, going to work, going to sleep, going to work, going to sleep, where you feel, literally feel like you're in prison, you feel trapped. And that's the last way you should feel, especially when you're suffering from anxiety and depression. Those things will 10 times the problem. So you don't want to do that. You want to avoid that. Now, some of you might be like, oh, that's not the problem. I tried it before. You got to be consistent. You got to give things time to work. It's not going to just work the first time you did it or the second time you did it or even the third time you did it. Get into a routine with things. Make sure you do them consistently over weeks at a time. Take notes. Have like a little journal if you want or a little whatever you want to call it. I promise it helps writing stuff down as well. That was one thing that really helped me in the beginning. When I was really, really struggling, writing down how I felt every day and reflecting on how I felt and doing and then writing down and knowing and seeing what relieved that stress for the day, whatever it was taking them for a walk, whether it was going to the, the gym and then seeing that and being consistent and seeing the, the actual results, like seeing it work was everything to my mind. It, it was so good for my mind to see that, that it was working. Sometimes you have to see it, guys. Me, I'm a visual person, so just know who, what type of person you are. Me, I'm visual, so when I saw it on paper, that shit, like every time I did this, I felt better. Well, I gotta just do that today, then if I feel like shit, you know? And it would work. And then the consistency of it just eventually builds up. Same with going to see a therapist, same with adding the medication, same with you know doing my little activities, whatever it is, but... The last thing you should be doing, and this is probably going to pertain to a lot of people, is going around asking people what you should do because they don't know what you should do. You have to know what's going to work for you. You should know yourself by this point in life what works for you and what doesn't because asking everybody is just going to get you, get you more confused. It's going to get you even more lost and even more stressed out because now you're going to, you're going to do something and question yourself. And I got to that point too. I started questioning everything I was doing because I'm like, oh, fucking Bob said that this worked for him and it's not working. Like, what's wrong with me? Now you think something else is wrong because now you have this hypochondriac like sensation all the time that because it didn't work for you, it, it, it you're fucked. Like you're you're an alien, right? And that was a huge thing that I started to mess up doing because I was asking everyone for advice, but at the end of the day, I knew deep down. I knew deep down what I had to do to get to the next level of, of feeling better. And it's it's inside of you. It's inside your head. It's in your soul. It's in your gut feeling what you have to do. And sometimes it's a little awkward because sometimes maybe you don't feel comfortable sharing it. You don't have to. Sometimes you don't feel comfortable doing it because you haven't done it in so long. You have to do it. Just, I promise, push yourself through these barriers and it, it will be the easiest thing you've ever done after that. Once you push yourself through these barriers, you'll be able to see things a lot clearer, a lot brighter, and you will feel better every time you do that. And that confidence will build and build and build and build. And eventually, without you even realizing, you're going to be a million steps ahead of your goal 
because you forgot how far you even were because now you've got momentum. And momentum kicks in, the adrenaline kicks in, you start feeling good. There's nothing more euphoric once you get past that stage. It may take you a month, it may take you six months, it may take you five years like me. But I promise you have to start doing it. If you don't do it and you don't start, you're not getting anywhere. You just keep complaining and going crawling into your bed, crawling into your bedroom, crawling into your man cave, not addressing it, chewing more Xanax, drinking more alcohol, smoking more weed, taking more pills, and not fixing it. You're just going backwards. You're just wasting more years. You're wasting more time. You're losing more friendships. You're losing more this, that, whatever it is. But you have to take that step and start pushing through those barriers that are uncomfortable. And I know it sounds easier said than done. I'm not saying it's easy. Fucking Christ's sake, it took me years to get to that. It took me years. But I promise you, I will never, ever go back to that person that I was. Ever. Because now I control my thoughts. I control what I want to hear. I control what goes into my ears and into my brain and out the other ear. I don't let things break me anymore. I don't let I don't let people break me. I don't let people's words break me. And that was one of the biggest things I had to address was having people's words from strangers hurt me. It affected me badly. And that was one of the biggest things that I had to come over. And I don't think people realize how much those things affect you that you see every day, that you hear, you read, they started to really affect me. And I didn't know that. And that's something I had to dig very deep and go soul searching for. Even though it sounds like something so easy, I didn't know it really bothered me. I didn't know. I put it past me. I put it past as something that bothered me, but not really bothered me. You know, I took it for granted for how much as it was really bothering me. But I'm going to share more of that on the next, the last episode tomorrow about what, you know, the real deep, dark stuff and... Um, some other medications I tried to get off the other stuff that I was on. I'll talk about more of that tomorrow. So stay tuned tomorrow for the last episode of the Anxiety Depression Series, guys. Remember, this video is sponsored by Save Your Sarms and Body Science Subs. 25% off. Use code SAVEYOURSALE25. See you guys later.